Welcome to CGM's Pixels and Ink podcast. We are on episode 187. I am your luscious and sultry host, Jordan Biorti. Joining me on my left is Phil Brown. That's me. I, ch- I made sure to check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good job. my right, as he always is, my right-hand right hand man. man. Mm-hmm. Look at that. See, we oh. said that together, and then we got a little ring noise. <laughs> that's, oh, dude, that's, that's, a, that's a sound bite right there. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Orm. How's everyone so, doing? It's been a while. It yeah, has man. been. It's a new year. All Happy that New Year, stuff. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How Same was everyone's? Guys. How was everyone's? Yeah, it was fine. Did you light it up? It was good. Uh, not really, no. Just stay up, home up, and up. Go to uh, fall asleep by 10 no, o'clock? I hung, out, I hung out with some people. I just didn't. It wasn't a wild one. I would have been all for it, but I couldn't find. Oh, dude, no. Well, it was mostly like I, I, I when I, <clears throat> every year on New Year's, I don't like make plans. I just wait till New Year's and see what can be drummed up. And it was basically like I had extremes between like a dance party or a party with like a, a family and oh, children. Dude, I would love or, to have seen you on the dance floor. Uh, or, or a like quiet party or a quiet party with a couple friends. And I went with the lesser of three Uh-oh. eagles. What do I imagine you're gonna you get on the dance floor and it's just like it's like step up. It's man. not good. It's oh. not good. It's not good. I That's feel why like I didn't you're saying it. that just to lead us off the set, and then no. you you know you like we we find you one day like punch dancing in an old abandoned maybe one warehouse. day maybe one day I develop skills I never knew I had but at the moment it's ugly one day Kevin so yeah, Bacon it's shows pretty up. quiet but my New Year's Day was awesome I went to see a noon screening of the Wild Bunch in Ooh. 70 millimeter with oh. some friends and then we went to Denny's nice. and we bummed around for a bit and then we went to see 70 millimeter Hateful Eight nice yeah that sounds awesome so that's how you, so New Year's Day more than made up for the lackluster New Year's Eve that's weird because on the 30th I went yeah. and saw Star Wars finally oh yeah yeah it man okay. I've seen it twice I think I might have seen it twice. Like if yeah. someone said, "Hey, let's go see Star Wars," I wouldn't say no, but like yeah, I wouldn't yeah. actively go see it again. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not like that. Like I don't, yeah. once oh, I no, see no, a movie, no. I, get, I it. get it. I'm the same way. Uh, that's uh, well. I mean, I see stuff again, but not normally like theatrically. Um, no, I wanted to go again just because the um, first time I saw it was like a really quiet and somber critic screening. Ah, uh, and you want that good fan experience? Yeah, totally. I wish I gotten tickets for opening night just because it was built with for applause breaks and so forth. But yeah. I didn't get that. But I went to see just randomly. I found out some friends of mine well, this week were going to IMAX, and I wanted to see an IMAX before it was gone. Not bad. And I don't regret it. It was a blast. I, saw it in, I just saw it in, like, basic 3D. Yeah, Still yeah. good, man. Oh, yeah, like, no, no, no. It, it's all good in any form, but it's just in... Uh, the main reason I wanted to see an IMAX is beyond... Yeah. I love seeing an IMAX is that the... Um, the like big uh, Millennium Falcon action scene in Yo, Jakku early yeah. on, they did in the full IMAX film style, like no. Dark Knight. So it filled the whole thing up, That's and that was amazing. Really cool. Yeah, it was only the one sequence, which was a real bummer. Um, I'm assuming that was just based on time. Yeah, they didn't have time to to stretch out any more than that because they barely like made the release date as is. Jeez. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I recommend that for anyone cool. that hasn't seen Star Wars. Uh, you probably you <laughs> yeah. must have seen. It. Even I saw it by yeah, now. There aren't many of them left. Um, maybe. I didn't do. I, I didn't do anything either, but I didn't want to mm-hmm. do anything this year. Like uh, last year, I went out with uh, my girlfriend, and we went downtown, and that was a nightmare. And I was just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Never again. Mm-hmm. Like, I got never drunk again. in a hot tub. Mm-hmm. Top that. You did. You know, I got. Yeah. I got Good for you. Drunk yeah. with my I can't top that. With <laughs> I can't top that. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I quietly got drunk with a few friends. Except in a hot tub. And, and then after, yeah, no hot tub. And then after midnight, we were all like, "You guys want to still party?" We're like, nah, not really. No. Just go to sleep. Like, all right, okay. The only downside to the hot tub was that uh, everyone, except for one person, mm-hmm. uh, brought their towels out. Mm. And I don't know who it was that didn't bring their towel, but mm-hmm. I was the last one out of mm-hmm. the hot tub. And there's no oh. towel for me, mm. and it was cold. Mm. It was very cold, and I was wet. Did you mm. get the shrinkage? I went right back into the hot tub until someone got me a towel. It's <laughs> <laughs> like calling people. <laughs> no, hey. they, they were all outside, and they're like, they're like, Cody, where's your towel? And I was like, I had it there. And I'm like, well, someone took it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna nest in here for a little bit. Someone get me a towel. Mm. It was bad. It was not fun. It was like a great story. Worst thirty seconds again. of my life. Bummer. <laughs> I got really cold on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. We're going to jump into some game news right now. Mm-hmm. Game news. <laughs> no, the, the 80s are over, okay? That game was, news. That was Transformers Devastation. Now mm-hmm. we're in the present day. Mm-hmm. Okay? It is professionally. So, starting off, um, those of you will be happy to know that Psychonauts 2 met its $3.3 million funding goal. Yay. Yay! I mean, I wrote a little article about this. I, I, I'm happy that it did because Psychonauts One was a good game and yeah. it deserved a sequel. But I'm still 
on that side. Same thing with Shenmue 3, where I don't like the fact that Tim Schafer like knew there was a demand for this game and still made us have to like front the money yeah. like, to make it. Like he should he could have just the Double Fine could have just made it mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have had to been like, "Oh, everyone pay for this game in advance so you know, you prove to us that we'll, we you you want us to make it." Mm-hmm. How dare you speak ill Shenmue 3? I don't know. I was not a problem with Shenmue 3. Think you are. You just, just got the same issue with Shenmue 3. Because Sony can't get on stage and be all like, we are so excited to present this game to you, but you still need to shell the money up front to prove to us that we need to make it. Well, that's because like it's such a niche thing, though. No, but Sony is a multi-billion even, even dollar if, corporation. Even if people say they really want it, they need... Like, Shenmue 3, definitely. Like, yeah, even with, uh, with, with Psychonauts. Um, like, it's the same thing. Like, you need... You need proof because people will say they want something and then they won't. Well, then don't get on stage it. and be like, "We're so excited to give this to you." They get are, on stage they and were get on stage and say, "Look, we so heard some of you want this, but you need to prove to us that you want it." Gaming be upfront history about it. happened when that happened. No. Yeah. Gaming history happened in the sense that it showed just how Sony can be as a company. You just whatever. Speak the truth, man, dude. Your New Year's resolution. You got to be more. Open your eyes, man. Open your Be eyes, more objective. man. Everything's just Stop being a sheep, man. <laughs> Bro. Wake up, sheeple. So, anyway, good on you. Good on you, Tim Schafer. Good on you, Devil Fine. Hope uh, Psychonauts 2 ends up being just as good as the first one. So, next up, speaking of Shenmue 3, uh, Shenmue ah. 3 apparently will not give out rewards to the PayPal Kickstarter backers. Oh, that's kind of apparently gooey. it was something to do. I was reading on it, but it just there wasn't a lot of like really like clear, concise details about it. Something to do with the fact that like the kick, the exclusive or the the like the special like promotions are exclusive to Kickstarter. Okay. So like it's sort of this like slacker backer thing where like you could have funded it through PayPal, but you're like technically not funding it through Kickstarter, so you don't like get to be part of the reward system. Oh. And they ran this big poll on Twitter, and most people said that they were going to do it, but a lot of people just didn't vote. So now they're just sort of sitting there like, well, we're not going to give you the rewards because not enough people said whether or not they want rewards for I the didn't PayPal know backers. That was going on, so. Get on the Twits, man. You got to check that Twitter feed. You don't follow Yeast Entertainment, go on, the Shenmue Twitter. I, I tweet very rarely. I, I just don't have the. I don't tweet very often either. It's true. Every now and again, I get a funny little quip in my head, and I'll tweet it out. Yeah. Most of my Twitter interactions from 2015 were with you, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make you feel popular, buddy. To make you feel loved. Can't all be like Phil. And then I lost my SD card and I couldn't. Golden like... opportunities to tweet about family. Ugh. Do they oh, read man. that? Do they know no, about that? No, they it? don't know about that. No. Oh, they, can't, they can't operate the internet. Anyone <laughs> who does not follow Phil needs to. But I follow you. I don't, see, I don't you. see you tweet his, that often. I don't do it that often, His no. holiday tweets. do it when I have something good enough. Every... Every holiday when he has to visit his parents, mm. or his, uh, the one side of the family. Yeah. So you didn't tweet about the other one. Yeah, no, no, they're good. Yeah. I got along great with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it made my uh, my holiday season. Oh, I'm so glad to That's hear that. That's a shame, man. I wasn't I wasn't on Twitter very much on Christmas. I was running around very mu- a lot on Christmas. <laughs> you missed out. I'm going to go back. I'm just yeah, gonna they're all there. You can find them, yeah. Relive the Christmas holidays. Mm. Was that when the skin tags were left in the sink without care? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, in uh, in some pretty good news, actually, Hideo Kojima is going to be indicted into the Academy of Interactive Arts and Science Hall of Fame. Is Konami going to try to stop him from no. accepting his award there, too? No, they can't. And apparently Guillermo del Toro is going to present the award to him. Oh, they're, oh, that's they're nice. buddies. They're I like buddies, this. man. They're going to yeah. team up and make Scary Game 2015, man. It's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. Just call it, like, quiet Spooky mountains. mountains. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so that's good. It's good to see that uh, Hideo Kojima is finally getting the recognition he deserves, especially after getting so friggin' shunned at the Game Awards. Yeah, that was that was doo doo. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Konami for you. Hashtag Konami. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't do that. Why? We are a neutral a- podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not a neutral pod guy. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like a pod guy from the movie The Pods. How did that movie end? Read go the next. Read the next. Okay. <laughs> 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 Am I talking about the right movie, mm-hmm. The Pods? That's the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> now, which one are you thinking of? There um, are three. I'm thinking of the. Uh, I get. Oh, it's the one that came out in the. Oh, Donald Sutherland. Yes. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. With the, that's, that's what I figured. A lot of like the pink best and one. purple yeah. going around. That's yeah. fantastic. I love that one. It's, uh, yeah. 
I don't remember because I saw it when I was a kid, but I distinctly remember like seeing people getting all those gooey pods. And oh, it's it great! Really you should watch up. it again. It's a ma- it's a bit of a masterpiece. I know. Go back and check. Go back and check. Yeah, it out. do it. I gotta check out a whole bunch of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I'm still checking way to get. Like the winter now's the, the perfect time. Take a weekend off. Let's do it. Well, this this weekend's gonna be a little busy. I gotta do Orthodox Christmas. Oh, I got another Christmas fun. coming up. Mm. Yeah, exciting. I know. Greek it's gonna Santa. be lots of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a! It's just been so much running around. This is, this is this is you know the one thing that sucks about having a girlfriend. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. and I know she's not listening. Yeah. She's got to do like twelve different Christmases. Yeah, and it's oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a what an upheaval, man. <laughs> I'm sure she'll appreciate. I'm just that. kidding. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the one time she listens. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, she didn't listen about the whole uh, anniversary thing. I got her on that one. So. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, oh, actually, speaking of which, you got to hear this because I got my girlfriend the best gift for Christmas. Because okay. she likes, like, she's very crafty, so she likes making stuff, right? So I figured mm-hmm. I'd do the same thing for her because she doesn't like when you buy mm-hmm. stuff. So I can't make anything because I suck, mm-hmm. but I went to build a bear. So I'm like, okay, I'll make her a little bear. This will be cute. I'll do mm-hmm. a little rubby the heart yeah, and yeah, yeah. do the stuff. And I wanted to get her a penguin because she loves penguins. Yeah. But they didn't have any because they suck. Yeah. Um, but instead, they had Pikachus. And yeah. I know she loves Pikachu. So I made her a little Pikachu. Yeah. And I put a little voice chip thing in the hand. Yeah. So when you squeeze it, all you hear is, Pikachu. Pika. <laughs> and that way, she'll always know it's from me because it sounds like me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds like me after like half a pack of cigarettes. There you go. <laughs> um, so I have to dip out. For okay. a few minutes. All right. Good. Um, Good I have riddance. an interview. We'll be here. So yeah, we'll be chilling. I will, I will be back. I'm going to leave mm-hmm. it to Phil in one second after I drop this last piece of, uh, mm-hmm. right, of so, uh, game news. I will mm-hmm. see y'all in uh, 15 minutes. We'll see bye you. We'll bye. Miss you, I'll miss you every second you're gone. Anyway, last bit of game news mm-hmm. before, before we move on to films. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oculus Rift got a uh, price tag on what it. What is it? I'm curious. $600. Uh, it's like $599, but you can only buy it from Oculus.com, right? So you're looking yeah, at $600 yeah, yeah. American, which, yeah. you know, Canadian exchange rate and all that. Yeah, yeah. Plus customs, plus shipping. Yeah. It's, it's So you're looking at easily... A probably close to eight nine hundred dollar yeah, device, you know, with with a computer that you're gonna have to probably drop at least fifteen hundred yeah, yeah, for yeah. It to make it run. Doesn't surprise me that much. I'm just waiting for the PlayStation one. That's the one. That'll, that's that'll be, yeah. that'll be consumer priced. I mean, that's that's the problem I see with um with Oculus is that they and first of all, there was a whole lot of controversy because um the the founder there, Lucky, mm. his first name. I'm blanking on. I just wrote an article about it, mm. and uh, like he came out. Uh, back in like September, and he like gave out some ballpark number that was like three hundred dollars, yeah. and now it's like everyone's freaking out. Like, well, I thought you said three hundred. Now it's like almost like double the price. Mm. So he's been trying to defend himself on Reddit and Twitter and stuff like that. But like they like he shot himself in the foot so badly because you come out with a with a device in a time where VR is just starting to catch on. Like mm. it's not the revolution everyone's saying it's going to be. Like, mm. but it's you know the fire is starting. Mm-hmm. And you come up with a device that's that ludicrously expensive when something like the Galaxy Gear exists for a hundred bucks, and it mm. works pretty well. Mm. Like as an introduction to uh, to VR, like mm. it's something you're more likely to pick up something like that than pick up an Oculus for six hundred dollars. But but I mean the Oculus has always been designed to be like the specialty top tier. Yeah, but no one does anything with it. That's the problem. Well, yeah, people but just, just make it's Mario Kart so you can look around. Because it's not out yet. Well, uh, they've seen like dev kits. I've seen people like do things with Oculus, and then you see all kinds of Steam games that have yeah. Oculus support. Mm. So it's just like, you know, trying to get into the market now and and like have something that that's like market ready, like mm. and like consumer ready, and making it so expensive. Like no one's gonna buy into it, especially yeah, like you said, when the PlayStation VR is right around the corner, mm-hmm. and now you know PlayStation, HTC Vive, like these guys all have a have a window to shoot underneath. It's like, well, Oculus is $600. We'll just go underneath that and we'll make more money because mm. people will buy our cheaper thing. Mm. So I don't know. Hopefully they do okay. But. I'm sure they will because they'll be, like I said, it'll be the specialty one. It'll be the one that's, yeah. that's the most powerful that you can do the most creative things with. It'll be... You know, the well, porn the, industry will latch onto it and they'll make a bomb. Oh, but the porn industry's already latched onto the uh, the Galaxy Gear. Yeah, yeah. It works, man. POV yeah. porn on the gear? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's, I've seen. But it's not the it's same as, uh, as, you know, headsets, headphones, that whole thing. Well, just plug a pair of headphones on. <laughs> you're good to go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What world are you living in where you don't wear headphones when you... You know, listen to porn. Let's not, get into, porn. Let's not get into this. Let's not get into this. I like a good full volume okay. day. You know okay. what I mean? Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Movie news. Yeah. <laughs> what have you watched this? Uh, All right. I guess we'll talk about Yeah, we'll do news you. first. Well, first off, um, I just wanted to read off a list of all the records that uh, 
Star Wars Force Awakens is broken oh, so far because it, it's quite a few. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Star Wars. Yeah, quite a few. So first off, they're the fastest film to reach 100 million, fastest film to, in which they did in 21 hours. They were the fastest film to reach 200 million, which they did in three days. 300 million, which took five. 400 million, oh, which took geez. eight. 510, 612 days, and 700 million in 16 days. Oh my god! Uh, it's the biggest debut of all time in December. The biggest uh, opening weekend, biggest second weekend, biggest third weekend. Biggest Thursday, uh, preview Thursday, uh, biggest Friday, uh, opening day and single day, biggest Sunday, biggest Tuesday, biggest Christmas day, biggest New Year's day, uh, highest uh, per theater average in a wide, uh, per th- theater gr- average gross in a oh, wide wow. release, uh, biggest opening week, uh, and the biggest IMAX debut, and it's already um, beat Avatar yeah. for North American box office. I mean, like none of that surprises me though. It, I, it was it's Star Wars. I mean, it's a juggernaut, but it's just it's it is it, it, it I mean, we all knew it was going to be obscenely successful, but it did like still manage to surpass every conceivable expectation. I mean, but were you surprised that it like did if you had did you have any doubt that it was going to surpass every expectation? I mean, I knew like, it was going to in terms be- of like in terms of like box office like numbers. Oh yeah, no, I knew it was going to make a fortune, but it's still like I didn't I didn't think it would like literally break every record ever. I thought it did. Yeah. It's 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 a Star Wars reboot that had a lot of hype around it about being better than the prequels. Like yeah. everyone was going to go see it. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean, I and I I can't help but feel like like this was the exact same thing with Jurassic World. The only thing is that like if Jurassic World had released like now or on like the holidays, mm-hmm. it would have been breaking records. Just it did the same. break records. Most of the, a well, lot of the records, breaking more records. A lot of like, those records like, I just just I just mentioned were set by Jurassic World yeah. and now broken by. Star but I'm World. saying like like the holiday records stuff like that. Like it would have yeah. broken those those records as well. I suppose know? it would have broken all those all those exact same records. Yeah, and and that's what I like. I had no doubt, like, when when Jurassic World was breaking all those records, yeah. I even said it. Like, why does it even matter? Because Star Wars is going to come out in five months oh, and sure. break all it those very, records. It was like, very clear, but still, still wild. It's impressive, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, geez, it's actually a really good film, so. Yeah, it is actually <laughs> That good, was which my which biggest really surprise, wasn't surprised it was a really everything. good film. Yeah, I was really pleased with that. All right, so we got that. Uh, next up, uh, there's uh, plot rumors are starting to circulate uh, regarding the Rogue One film that's coming out next Christmas. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, the one that I thought sounds pretty good. So we know Mads Mikkelsen's in it. No one, who, no one knows who he's going to play. And this was suggested that Mads Mikkelsen plays uh, a scientist, sort of uh, kind of like a Robert Oppenheimer uh, type figure. Okay. Robert Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer is the guy who helped create Adam Bomb that was incredibly guilty about it, who like is hired... Uh, as like almost like a freelance genius to finalize the Death Star. Oh, cool! And he's like so tickled by the challenge. He's not involved in the Empire in any way that he takes it up and does it, and then immediately is so guilt ridden about it that he helps his daughter, who is part of the rebellion, uh, get the plans. Oh, super cool! And that's sort of the general setup of it, which I think is actually really good, and I'm all for that. I'm you, I'm really looking forward to that. Any one. rumors floating around about Luke's role in it? Well, he's not going to be in it. Because this this is this is Rogue One. This is the first spin-off. Movie. Oh, oh, Rogue One. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, spaced yeah, out yeah. there for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is yeah. So this will be that's that's kind of what's so exciting about it. Is this will like literally be set within oh, wow, the exact really same cool. world as the original trilogy. So they'll have to like mimic all the art direction and everything. Yeah. Um, no. And apparently they're also going to do a, a like post-humanist, uh, post post-humanist, post post post. What is that after death? Uh, post- posthumous. Yeah, posthumous. A posthumous CGI performance from uh, Peter Cushing. Oh, cool. They're going to try and uh, pioneer that technology, which will be, I'm intrigued to see if they can yeah. pull up. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. Um, and, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the next one I had is, did you see the promo images for Doctor Strange? I did. I think it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, I'm excited. Cumberbatch was a very good choice for Doctor Strange. He does Strange. look very good, and I like how, like, pure they're going yeah, with like the costume. Yeah, like, he's just straight they're up in, using magic. Yeah, they're like, embracing costume the costume compl- looks like identical totally and you know what they're embracing the absurdity of it and they should and that's exactly why marvel is doing so well because Mm. you get a movie like batman versus superman Mm. that looks stupid because Mm. it looks like it's trying so hard to be ground or it it tried way too hard to be ground in that like gritty realism Mm -hmm. and only now are they like trying to capture what makes the marvel movies so good but they'll never have it Mm. Because Marvel understands that you're making comic book movies about weird comic book characters just mm. go nuts, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not, not to say that like they're not movies that don't like, you know, provoke thought and have like a lot of mm. good drama and intensity, but mm. at the end of the day, they're a bunch of guys running around in silly costumes. Just 
have a good time. I know, yeah. The the somber tone of the DC universe is worrying because that really only applies to Batman. Um, well, and not it's the entire bleeding universe. over into so much. You're yeah, right. it's their defining tone. Um, but at least of what they've seen so far, I don't know. I'm really hoping that. I mean, it's impossible that Batman versus Superman will fail just because it has that title. Exactly. They already made a bunch of money based on that alone. But I am hoping that it disappoints enough that they chuck just, that universe out. Yeah. Well, I don't like. I mean, like, I not that they chuck it up, but give it to someone who like is gonna handle it. Properly. But also, I just feel like. I understand why they want to create a universe because it's become such a money pit yeah, for Marvel. Exactly. But I think they should go another route if they're really trying to be a competitor and just make like standalone disconnected movies. Yeah. So then you could get like anyone you wanted to play like Batman or Superman or whatever because right. it wouldn't have to be. It wouldn't be like when they tried to get Joaquin Phoenix to play Doctor Strange, which would have been amazing, but he wasn't willing to do it because you have to sign your life away for five years. Yeah. You get one guy, one movie, and it's just like a one self-contained Superman, Batman, Aquaman, whoever mm-hmm. you want story, and then move on. Well, I don't understand why, because it's Warner because Brothers brand handles sells it. all the movies, right? Like, yeah. Th- so, wh- like, why doesn't I? I think I don't know. It seems like it should make sense that DC should just do what Marvel did and try to like acquire the movie rights to their licenses. That's and what let they're people- doing. Yeah, oh, they are. Oh, okay. Then. Well, yeah. No, Warner Brothers owns DC. Oh, it's Time Warner. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they have the whole thing. Oh, I thought for for some reason I thought it was a separate entity, like like. Nope. And they just sort of contracted the like DC contracted the movies to no. Warner Brothers. That's why oh, all the that's why all the DC movies have always been Warner yeah. Brothers. They've always they own I I when I, I don't forget when that takeover happened, but it was like sometime in the like eighties nineties okay. something like that nineties yeah. So yeah, Warner Brothers just oh, okay. straight up owns DC. Um, all right, uh, next up, uh, George Miller said that he's continuing to work on another Mad Max, and nice. he's zeroing before he was saying without giving without actually giving away information that he had two ideas that he was working on. He's now decided which one that it is going to be. He has it figured out. He just wants uh, to make a sort of like drama first. He has a smaller idea he wants to try and sell. No, that's not Mad Max related (laughs) at all. Um, And uh, then he's going to go back in. But he did say um, that uh, Furiosa will not be a part of it. He made her a film, and now this will be a different story in the universe. Well, I mean, if it follows the idea that Max does just go from place to place, like, doing his thing and Yeah, it would be disingenuous to the franchise to have Have a new character, like, have a new Furiosa, just a good, interesting character that we all want to attach to. Yeah, and I'm sure that he's got... I'm sure that they have that plan. Um, So anyway, so yeah, that's slowly chugging along. Um... Oh, the new Halloween movie has been canceled. Um, really? They were planning on that coming out next year, um, and they just shut it down. It was uh, Marcus Dunstan who was going to do it, who had done the Collector movies, and I was actually quite looking forward to that because I like his stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, they just, for whatever reason, couldn't pull it together in time. They've shut it down, and more That's than that, um, the Weinstein, it was the Weinsteins that owned it. They were doing it through Dimension. They did the Rum Zombie ones as well, and they've now lost the rights. Oh, um, no. So the rights are like for sale, and people are bidding on them right now. So I thought I heard that they were actually planning a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Yeah. Again. Yeah. There's always Any talk about, that? and there's talk about Friday the Thirteenth as well. None of that, um, unfortunately. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no more Halloween, um, at least until oh. someone else buys it. I'm hoping Warner Brothers buys it, and then they could do. Uh, Freddy versus Michael Myers versus Jason. That'd be cool. Which I would totally watch. Um, Next up, uh, Kindergarten Cop 2 starring Dolph Lundgren's coming along. Their images is available if you want to see them. And uh, we'll have that soon. So that's coming. Who asked for that? Doesn't matter. It's (laughs) happening. Um, And finally, really exciting news. Uh, Michael Bay has confirmed that he will definitely direct one more transformers movie Way. he didn't want us to think that he wouldn't oh, so he will make a good fifth, old mikey he will make a fifth transformers movie good old mikey. so that's great for everybody so yeah is he finally gonna take it to cybertron like they talked about doing like for the I last one know. i don't know is mackie mac gonna be in it again i don't know i don't care <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, don't. i, know, I wish I they'd just go away oh, i really man. do but they're not they make too much money no of course it'd be transformers movies for god knows can't can't stop going to that well for that <laughs> sweet sweet water unfortunately not sweet sugary milk so that's it that's it for movie news well there's not much awesome. it's new year's people are taking yeah, time off there wasn't that much game news yeah in there. I just, that's true i really had to pull that together yeah me too so what have you what have you watched Phil? all right so this week um well first up saw the forest 
That's the movie that I reviewed that will be on the website. Forest. Um, yeah, it really should one. be up on, well, today, technically. Cause today I, just, I don't think I, I haven't seen any like, trailers or anything. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to keep it quiet. Um, it's uh, released through Universal Studios, but it's an independent film that they've picked up, which they've been doing the last couple of years, which I love. I love that the studios are buying independent film horror films again. That's mm-hmm. great. That's why. That's how all the like franchises happened in the 80s. And also... Um, just encouraging to think that it's still possible to make an independent film and have a major studio release it. Yeah. Uh, Universal's released some good stuff that way. Like, I really enjoyed that Unfriended movie last year, I which did. was done independently. Really um, so I was really hoping that this would be another amazing find like Unfriended. Uh, it's not. It's horrible. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's really horrible. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that that nose actually, died, like, Yeah, no, instantly. it's awful. <laughs> it's, um, well, what's weird about it is that it's an American J-horror film, which I thought we were done with. But apparently oh, there's really? another one. Yeah, it's based on. God, None I'm of those have been good. I know. It's based on. I mean, it's not a remake. It's just an American film done like they like set in Japan, done as a Japanese horror movie. It's no. based on. It even has like has potential because it's based on. A, oh, like, I did see a commercial yeah, for that. Yeah. It's based on the the, the suicide forest. forest. The suicide yeah. forest. Yeah, I forget the name of that forest, but yeah, it's where all this, the Fatal Frame games are set. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a famous forest, forest in Japan where people. Uh, commit suicide yeah. constantly. It's really a terrifying. And you go thing. there and like you get that like it's like the ghosts are there and it makes you want to kill yourself. Basically. Yeah, they like yeah they uh, yeah it's they they like, sort of get in your mind, create hallucinations. I thought it was a great idea for a movie. It could have been. Uh, it's not a good movie. Um, it stars uh, Natalie Dormer, uh, who I guess is on Game of Thrones, but I don't really watch Game of Thrones. Uh, the, she's the one who plays uh, the redhead girl, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. Okay. It's entirely <laughs> I possible. I think I do now know what you're yeah, talking about. It's entirely about. possible. So anyway, she plays this uh well, she plays twin sisters technically. Um one of whom who has dark hair cuz she's the damaged one. Um she had disappeared uh in Japan. Um she's presumed missing in the suicide forest. So she flies over to Japan to try and find her sister. Doesn't know about this forest. She then meets up with a selection of locally cast Japanese answer, asker, a- a- actors who can barely speak English and it's actually really embarrassing to watch them struggle. Um, uh, tell her a bunch of like really worrying things about the forest and, and basically explain what the forest is. And then she meets a, hun- a sort of hunky guy and they flirt for a bit. And he's going to the forest too, so they decide to go to the forest together. And uh, and then they're <laughs> and then in the forest for a while in the day when there are no ghosts. And then uh, because apparently it only happens at night. And then the guide said, "I don't know." Why don't and then the, gu- and then the guide said, uh, "You shouldn't stay here at night." But she's like, "No, I'm gonna find my sister. We're definitely staying here at night." So they decide to sleep over. And it takes about an hour to get to that point. Jesus, and it just goes on forever. And there were like fake scares in the first like 20, 30 minutes, I want to say. And then they just gave up on that too. Um, so it just really drags drags on to the point like where the, when they're finally in the forest and they're finally going to sleep, I, part of me thought that they were just going to wake up the next day and go, oh, no ghosts, weird. <laughs> and then the movie was going to be over because <laughs> there were so few. But it does finally pick up. And I have to admit there are a couple um, effective scare sequences. There's a particularly really good one where she finds like a view master on the ground and clicks oh, through cool. that. And that was kind of a clever idea. But it's completely disconnected from everything and is ultimately just a cheap jump scare oh. it's all it's all cheap jump scares um so yeah ultimately it just feels like a big wasted opportunity i'm sh- i'm really shocked that um like i guess universal studios must now just have a man mandate in sort of in terms of purchasing independent horror films to fill out their schedule maybe um because i'm like shocked that this of all the independent horror films that they saw, I find it hard to believe this is the best one. This yeah. felt distinctly average to For like the real. one you'd find sort of regularly on Netflix. I guess the exotic setting, perhaps. And like none of the stuff. Oh, and that recognizable actress. But yeah, it was just yeah, it was dull, it was incredibly mediocre, and ultimately and and a waste of a good idea. And ultimately, just felt really like reductive and old fashioned to make an American J horror movie. Yeah. Now, like it, it seems sounds like, a like what you're saying to me sounds like it's very like typical of like American horror, right? Yeah. And, like. Like something like this, like especially like focused on that the forest again. Mm. I apologize for not mm-hmm. knowing the name. Mm-hmm. Um, like it could have had that good slow, tense, like really like quintessential J horror style to mm. it. And instead, it just sounds like they just took something that should have been a Japanese horror movie mm-hmm. and made it an American horror movie. And yeah. it just, like, well, I mean, they were trying to do the Japanese relied horror on stuff. American horror tropes. Well, no, they were they were trying to do the Japanese stuff, certainly. And the things that do work uh, towards the end are somewhat are, are somewhat clever and not necessarily the most obvious thing every time. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily just say that it was like certainly yes they should have 
been a Japanese horror film, and it, it is odd that no one's made that particular film in Japan. Probably they have. I just haven't heard of it. But um, oh, they must have. It, but yeah, now, like there's an effort there, and you can see they're trying to do something. It just didn't work, and more importantly, it's just incredibly boring, and mm-hmm. I don't recommend it. Um, so yeah, so that was super disappointing. Um, and then also out this week, uh, genre esque is uh, The Revenant. Ah, uh, Leo DiCaprio. How was that? That's like they're talking Oscar material. Yeah, it was all right. Um, it's yeah. So it's like uh, it's a survive. It's you know, it's a survivalist tale, uh, sort of loosely based on true story. Is ultimately a group. Uh, it's about a group of like sort of uh, fur trackers in like sort of early developing America who went far, far away out of their um, sort of base. <laughs> right camp. into Canada. <laughs> yeah, far out of their base camp to. Um, collect fur and pelts and were attacked by a Native American tribe who weren't too weren't too keen on them being on their land. They had to abandon most of what they took and suffered significant casualties, so it's a smaller group. And then within that group, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, gets mauled uh, viciously by a bear. Um, the sort of captain of the group doesn't want to leave him behind because he's been like an important member of their team, but... He just can't walk or speak anymore um, until he heals. So he leaves him behind with a couple people, one of whom is a very easily manipulative kid. The other one is Tom Hardy playing oh. a, you know, uh, sociopathic Tom Hardy type character. Oh, okay. So, yeah, long story short, Leo has to make it back by himself, and it's a revenge story. Um, and cool. uh, so it's actually it's a, a pretty strong idea, pretty strong story. Um uh, very like beautifully shot. I think had it been ninety minutes long, it could have been a masterpiece. But it's uh, t- uh, about two forty, and it's too much. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's by uh, Alejandro. I can imagine a lot of it being stretched. Yeah. Well, it's by um, M- uh, Alejandro uh, uh, Inaritu, who made Birdman last year. Okay, and along with his uh, cinematographer. Um, Emmanuel Lebetsky, who's a genius. Uh, they sort of shot it in the same style, so it's a lot of long takes. Um, it's amazing to watch because they're clearly like on in incredibly physically difficult terrain in the middle of nowhere, but still doing these like impossibly long takes to shoot everything. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful to look at, but I think it just ultimately shot them in the foot in terms of editing because there's only so much you can do when everything's in a single take. If you yeah, chop exactly. it up and start to look ugly, you kind of have to pace the fo- film then, and they paced it too long. Like it's one of those sort of. What I feel about like all those movies, even Birdman, is it's just like they're incredible like sequences. They're amazing. It just sort of doesn't really add up to more than the sum of its great parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, there are some incredible things in there. It is like on just like a, a physical technical level, there's some amazing achievements. Uh, DiCaprio is quite good. Um, he certainly like like I think he probably will win all the awards this year because there's not a because there's not a lot of competition. B because he hasn't won yet and. There's a lot of like concern about making sure famous people all get statues at some point. <laughs> um, well, and I mean, he did say he doesn't give a shit if he ever gets an Oscar. Yeah, but please. Um, and, um, <laughs> and and it's and it's one of those things. And, and like it, 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 it's the type of performance that gets a lot of awards because, like you know, there's bits where he like clearly dove into freezing water and like ate a live fish and did all these like superficial, physically and uh, emotionally, uh, you know, challenging things. Ultimately, like I didn't really get any sense of like his character beyond the fact that he goes through incredible torment. Um, I actually think Tom Hardy is dramatically better in the movie. Oh, really? um, yeah, he's amazing. I mean, he's but, my favorite actor. Right yeah, now. he's he always really good. is a fantastic. He's actor. an incredible he, actor, and he actually gets a really kind of complicated, intriguing character to play. And I do think he and he does another one of his wacky voices as per usual. <laughs> I was um, about to ask. Yeah, of course. I think I he his the roles must start with the voice because they're oh, all yeah. so weird and eccentric, and they so all Saunders, they're all so have you defining do. of the people. So I'm sure I. I've never heard him say it, but I find it hard to believe that when he starts out a character, he doesn't start with a voice. Can I do a wacky voice? But anyway, uh, yeah, I think he's amazing in it, but he's not going to get the attention because he didn't drag himself through mud and stuff like yeah. DiCaprio did. Um, and yeah, I mean, like the cinematography, like I was saying, all that long take stuff is extraordinary. So like there is, like I wouldn't, I would in no way say it's a bad movie. Um, I would just say it's a movie where, like, you can tell everyone involved thought they were making a masterpiece. We're trying to make a masterpiece, yeah. and they just were trying too hard to do that, as opposed to just making a stronger movie. And if there was a, and I even think like all the pieces to make the ideal version of this movie are there. They just, uh, Inaritu is a very indulgent filmmaker, as like even if you've only seen Birdman, I think makes very clear. Um, <laughs> and I think he just ultimately, yeah, he sort of got 
went crazy up on the mountains yeah. and uh, got a little <laughs> bit too in love man. with himself. Yeah, got a bit, a little bit too in love with himself and shoots himself in the foot as much as he soars. But I would still say, like, it's definitely, definitely worth checking out. Just you know, be prepared to like feel like you've gone through a grueling ordeal, not in the ways that they intended. Oh, okay. To be. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> if the movie achieved that, then I guess yeah. mission accomplished. Sometimes you, sometimes it's grueling to watch in the right ways, sometimes in the wrong. Uh, so Got ups and downs there. Mountain for frick's sake. Yep. And then <laughs> the last one coming up this week that I like a lot is Anomalisa. It's stop one. motion animation. It's a new movie by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote Being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He's got that Those kind of good. like yeah, he's got that very specific, mundane, surrealist uh, aesthetic. Um, yeah, this one he did in stop motion. Very cool. Um, he direct, co-directed it with Duke Johnson, who did uh, the Adult Swim show Moral Oral. I don't nice, know if you ever that's saw an that. amazing yeah, show. Yeah, I love that show. Oh so my god! Combination of them, they actually funded it through Kickstarter. Oh wow! And yeah, it's about this uh, really sad and depressed middle-aged man, like all Charlie Kaufman movies yeah. are. And he plays a motivational speaker who's flying into doing an overnight speech and everyone which is why it's animated and it even takes a little second to kick in is everyone around him has the same face and voice really? um it's sort of like uh yeah a way of like representing loneliness obviously. that's really cool and then as part of this like really lonely horrible trip he's going through he finds a woman who has a different face and voice oh wow which he's never found before oh, that sounds really so cool. it is yeah so it, it's I, I think it's a like i think it's kind of like a really little beautiful uh metaphor there but then it's also obviously like incredibly soul-crushing and depressing, yeah. as you'd have wanted Charlie Coffin movie to be, and also uh, weird and surreal and hilarious. So at least have time. that like, really good sort of like dry sense of humor. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, super, man. super funny. Um, and it's, I mean, it's interesting that he did animation because like it's by far the most like mundane and realistic of his stories, and I think that's why he did an animation, was to like take it to another like yeah. another abstract level, because it would be almost like too easy to do Being Gemma exactly. as a cartoon. Whereas to do this as a cartoon just makes it that, it's that stranger. There are also some like moments that sort of draw attention to that that i won't like give away because i think they're really quite wonderful but yeah i think yeah and i think it's uh like a bit of a like minor masterpiece it was my number two movie of the year when oh, i wow. did my top 10 and uh yeah it's finally coming out this week and i can't recommend it enough if you I'll like really sad depressing comedies <laughs> love sad depressing comedies yeah if you do then it's great and and stop motion as well um yeah no it's fan i wish charlie kaufman could make stuff all the time i think it was like six <laughs> years since his last oh, movie wow. Yeah, yeah, so uh, if you've been missing him like me, he's back, and it's great. Um, so, yeah, those are the three this cool. week. I would see Anomalisa, don't see The Forest, maybe see The Revenant if you have nothing better to do. I finally saw Got Ted 2 on the weekend. Mm. Oh, yeah, what you I think? just downloaded it. It yeah. sucked. Yeah, I it, was, it was okay. It was funny for 20 minutes, and then just, like, the first, like, 25 minutes of the film, yeah. and then the rest of it, like... Eh. That scene laugh. with Liam Neeson, like, yeah, that was amazing. like holy crap, though. Yeah. yeah, I was on the floor. Eh, it made me laugh enough. I mean, like, the first Ted is hardly a perfect movie oh, either. No. Um, well, I, wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the first Ted yeah. either. Like, I, as a comedy, I thought it really wasn't that great. Like, it wasn't that funny. But it, it had such a good idea behind yeah. it. I don't know. I think a lot of the problems came from centering the movie around Ted. Because mm -hmm. I don't think, like, like much like... Jack Sparrow mm. in the Pirates movies. Mm. He can't hold a movie by himself. He's not that kind of character. Mm. Um, and I think there was a really big opportunity that was missed with that whole like courtroom thing because mm. I feel like that whole like he's not a person. It's like, mm. well, he can think. He can mm. talk. He's aware of his own existence. He has a job. Like, how is he? Mm. He contributes to society. How is he not a mm. person? He was famous Coco the for Gorilla hell's sake. Can communicate with people. That That's doesn't true. Welcome, well, certainly can. Welcome back, by the way. Yeah, Trevor. but uh, thank you. <laughs> did, uh, does, did Coco the Gorilla have a job? Does it contribute to society? No. So shut up. Did <laughs> anyway, you guys that, she's in that uh, that video that was going viral about how humans are stupid and they're destroying the environment. Well, That's yeah, good she fine. said the whole thing in sign language. That's true. That's a. She's a contributing member of society, yeah, I'd that's say. That's a good point. No, hey. the, she didn't make and that doesn't. No one but gets any money. You wouldn't put her on. I wouldn't put her stand. No, uh, uh, I wouldn't put her like at a grocery a counter because she can't interact with human beings. Yeah, She's gonna she crush their like, skull. Really exactly. Yeah, but like, true. I just I feel like like if they had taken that whole like idea of like proving his like that whether or not he's a real thing mm -hmm. and applied that to like the like him being able to marry his mm -hmm. girlfriend, mm -hmm. 
that would have been a more like poignant like kind of parody on like so kind of like, they, like satire I think on they did they did as much as much as you're going to in a movie about a stoner teddy bear you know what uh, I'm saying? no like, because then it turned into a freaking really road trip movie and then I, I think they could have well they focused on the laughs which is what they should if they made yeah, a phys- they, if they if they turned ted two in a philosophical tri- uh, treatise about like uh you know the well, nature, no, the if, nature of uh if they had done it what humanity like if they had done it as a as a as a satire it's a stoner teddy bear movie (laughs) that doesn't mean anything it's south park is a stoner everybody movie or tv show but it still makes a point south park's different though and you know that that, that's the defense yeah south park is different so nothing else has can be like poignant Uh, no of course other things can be poignant just not stoner teddy bear summer comedies i i (laughs) those are not designed to be intellectual disagree i you know what when i I don't like to be insulted as a stoner teddy bear yeah yeah you know i prefer to be challenged as an intellectual gotcha even in my summertime stoner comedies did did either of you guys see hateful eight yet no, no, I've been wanting to. I've been really wanting to. The one person here, not on mic, did, and he uh, approves. I, so I got know. that. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good I things. Heard I've it was, heard yeah, it's, it's like very much like Reservoir. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And that's what's going on. Really yeah, want to yeah, yeah. see it. There's a lot like the thing too. Yeah, Ooh, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. It is really interesting the way they kind of deal with character, the way they deal with the chapters, and yeah. kind of the way they deal with race. Yeah, no, very much. There's a lot going on. It's pretty complicated. The only thing I didn't like is at one point uh, Tarantino does some narration and yeah, that was really that for no reason. It was really distracting. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's any crazy voice like this. all Tarantino movies have at least one thing that irritates the hell out of me. But I, I think that's, <laughs> that's what this one has. It was a lot longer than I was expecting, though. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, two it hours was, forty-five minutes. It's would've... super long, but I actually don't. I actually didn't mind it. I thought they. I thought because it it's two hours and forty-five minutes of people that like you enjoy. Well, I mean, there were, having a conversation. You the worst. Yeah. The first like fifteen minutes was basically just horses running on snow yeah like there was very little talking for the it was the first scene you get talking then a lot of walking on snow for a while and then you get the actual good dialogue in the cabin and stuff yeah really i I don't know i thought the whole like thing in the stagecoach was pretty good oh yeah but that was at the beginning then they had like basically a long gap and then they had a little bit more talks then they kind of got to the cabin area yes um yeah i i really i also really recommend i know it sounds weird because it's longer to see it this way but i really recommend going to since if you live in a city where you can, like Toronto, where we do, to go and see the like full seventy millimeter, 70 millimeter road trip version of who it, went to see, who saw it like that, yeah, you're saying that they had some issues at the beginning, like there was like it was blurry. Oh, was it technical? To, yeah, yeah, like, that's too bad. The lens. I I saw it and they did a good job with the projection. I think when they the first weekend people were struggling a little bit, but um, I really recommend it just because um, it has like an overture and intermission built into it, and oh, that's I actually. Cool. I actually think it helps with the movie being that long because the point where they put the intermission is kind of perfect. It's kind of like a movie of like tension, 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 build up, build up, build up, build up. And then like the first big release happens and then you get a break and you go like stand up, for stretch second. your legs, yeah. and then you come back and then it's a total bloodbath <laughs> after that. Think about it. Oh, it gets bloody. Oh, it's nasty. Yeah. Oh, it is a nasty film. It is, but it's really, really good. It's really, really good. Or the, uh, the one from the Aquatine Hunger Force movie. Remember that one where no. me, where uh, Macedon like it starts doing that? Yes. That's all good. And then Macedon just shows up as like other like food ends and they kick the shit. That's what it's really like heavy metal. Like that's. I will say one thing. I will say one thing that I thought was interesting with the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the way Tarantino de- like dealt with each different character having a really different backstory and how it all kind of ma- kind of ties together in a weird sort of way. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of even people you you think will hate each other and people that you think should like each other just ultimately are all horrible to each other. Yeah, they're all horrible people. Yep. There's not a good person in the movie. Um, The people that run the cottage were not, it seemed nice. Oh, okay, yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. They're nice, like, elderly Yeah, yeah, couples, yeah. So. Yeah, the people Brian's referring to are uh, victims of an incredible act of violence <laughs> who have a very small role in the movie. But yes, I agree that those people <laughs> who you, nice. who you, who did seem quite nice. <laughs> now, you don't, you don't really follow them. Um, it's not really about They were them, joking around but, but for a while. Are, they are lovely. I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, in terms of like the main characters you follow, yeah, everyone's pretty despicable, but in kind of a fascinating way. Yeah, I mean, um, um, Samuel Jackson's not really despicable. He's just kind of doing the best he can in the situations he's been put in in that area. Of absolutely. War. But he's also, you he's know, also kind a of mass war. murderer for oh, hire. Y- oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, you know, <laughs> that's not normally great. No. Just in the general no. rule. No. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, and I guess and like Walton, Go- Wal- uh, Walton Goggins, uh, he's yeah. the guy who played the like 
who's possibly the sheriff, but you're not sure. You never do find out. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> he's he seems okay. Well, he, he, he's he's, a, he's incredibly racist, super racist. Um, but like, he, you know, he even kind of comes to terms with that a little bit towards the end. So, but even yeah, like that's the thing. Like, you're you're the closest thing you have to like likable people in it. Yeah. are Still mass murderers and racists. I was really surprised because I thought um, Christoph Waltz was supposed to be in this too, and he never. Yeah, no, not in. so much. Oh, my bad. Okay. Uh, nope. No, um, which I'm fine with. I'm sure he'll do another Tarantino yeah. movie. It was actually I, nice. I thought I remember break. the like early trailer for this one actually like listed his name. No, I think what might have happened is Tim Roth looks very similar to him in this. Very may similar. Have seen yeah. an image of him and thought it was yeah. Christoph Waltz. I kind of, I kind of remember that like really early trailer. Just it had like it was no like visual or thing. It was just like like white and just sort of like kind of like showing letters, like, a little. Yeah, and no, it was like listing names and stuff. And I, I remember that Waltz's name showed up on no, that. Definitely. I, I do have to oh, say one that. thing though. Um, uh, is it who was it? Tim Roth was in that. Yep, he looked really young in this movie. Tim Roth. Yeah, interesting. Well, compared to other movies he's been in, where he looks like haggard. Yeah, he looked like I don't know. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, yeah. is that Tim Roth? No, he looks too yeah. healthy. That can't yeah, be Tim yeah. Roth. It's because he had a beard covering oh, yeah, up be. all his like scarred and battered British face. That's probably it. Yeah, 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 the yeah. beard, but kind of made him look younger because it's like this, it's still kind of that red looking beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like. Normally he looks rough. Yeah, yeah, he was really good in it. I yeah, like he was lot. really good. Everyone was great in it. Um, um, Kurt Russell, I thought was great. He played, Kurt Russell uh, played against type. Well, I well I thought Kurt Russell was basically just playing his character from Big Trouble in Little China again, but a really kind of he was semi racist like, version. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a racist <laughs> western version, but it was the same thing. It was like the you, number one, it was a John Wayne impression, which yes, the character from yeah. Big Trouble in Little China is. Number two, he was a big blowhard doofus who yeah. thought he understood everything, but was really. Behind everyone, it sounds yeah. like it uh, was, was pretty much Big Trouble in Little China. So it was like he was playing the character from Big Trouble in Little China with the facial hair from the thing. I have to say that it facial hair he had was amazing in the movie, though. Who the uh, the facial hair? Uh, oh yeah, facial hair was, hair was spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. It was truly epic. Yeah, it was truly amazing. He has to just keep that at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I highly, highly recommend that. It's That's the well feel, worth feel bad movie of the year for sure. Awesome. I felt kind of okay at the end of it. I mean, I mean, like I I enjoyed it in that because I like. It was a fun movie yeah. by my taste, but like when I thought about it afterwards, there was it's horrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> bad. I mean, it's, it's a really horrible depiction of humanity. Yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just it's saying, yeah. but it's it, horrible. It really is Western Reservoir Dogs, though. If you really think, boil it down to the like. The I press. mean, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, for sure, the Reservoir Dogs is, is very much present. Yeah, um, but it's also, I think there's a lot of, I think there's as much of the thing in I, there no, as Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And uh, a couple, and a couple, couple there. But yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's interesting that there's so much Reservoir Dogs in it because all his all his movies are collections of like references yeah. to other movies. So it's interesting that he's referencing himself now. Um, yeah, kind of. Which seems, I guess, like makes sense <laughs> yeah. um, on a certain yeah. level. But yeah, that was definitely strange to see. Well, even just the fact that Michael Madsen and, and Tim Roth are in it. Yeah, like, there's a lot there. I just um, need to see Buscemi in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just not Buscemi. There. Yeah, one day, one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I, I love that. And then I guess since I'm on a tear, um, talking about movies that I didn't get to talk about uh, just before Christmas, I also really, really recommend uh, The Big Short. Um, I really liked that. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's by Adam McKay, who did uh, Anchorman and Step Brothers. Okay, okay. There's normally really silly stuff, but this is about attention. the uh, mortgage uh, housing yeah. market collapse. Um, I saw that Christmas Day. Yeah, really yeah, good, yeah, Really good movie. It is really good. Um, so he he made it. Um, and it for, when I heard that it was coming out, um, and it has like uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Christian Bale and, yeah. and Steve Carell. Oh yeah, I saw a commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I heard that he was doing it, I assumed this was like one of those like funny guy wants to prove he's serious movies. Um, and there is a serious element to it, particularly compared to like Anchorman. Yeah. But it is also actually incredibly funny. And I love the interstitials they have going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like for example, like whenever they. Uh, Whenever they need to explain some sort of complicated economic concept uh, to the audience, they'll like rather than like having a dry dialogue scene, they'll cut to like Margot Robbie in a bubble bath and have <laughs> for no reason or something like that for no reason. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so he actually does retain a lot of the like really absurd Anchorman type humor just within this more serious context. Okay, and it also kind of fits as well because when you all his movies are kind of about really uh, idiotic, childish, irresponsible mm. men. And those are the same type of people that destroyed the economy. <laughs> so it, in a weird way, kind of really fits in with his filmography in a way I really like. But it, it is really brilliant because yeah. um, it, it does really because it's about um, true story, again, based on real people. It's about a collection of people who foresaw the mortgage collapse and uh, as opposed to like telling anyone about it. 
um, what, what they did try to do in some cases, they uh, essentially found a way to bet on it happening. And so when the uh, banks collapsed and the economy collapsed, they made literally billions of dollars. Yep. Well, off of those, amazing. off of those institutions. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, institutions. I think in all cases, even in the real story, they did try telling people about it. They're like, "This is happening." Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like, "That's impossible. That yeah, can't yeah, happen." Yeah. No, it was basically just a group of incredible, like one guy who, like, who Christian Bale yeah. plays, is like kind of who's like, got to be autistic. Yeah, or borderline. Uh, yeah, autistic. He's on the spectrum at very Yeah, least. yeah, at least. Uh, economic genius. He spotted it, and then the other people that betted on it were just, like, incredible raging cynics who were like, the world's screwed. <laughs> we may as well try and make some cash. And, like then they, and then they did. And they did. I have to say, Steve Carell's role in that movie was really good, though. Yeah, he's really, really yeah. good. I thought Christian Bale was amazing as Christian well. Christian Bale, he, but you <laughs> kind Bale's of expect back. that. It's, it's I know, more... I know. I, <laughs> I know, yeah, totally. Well, did you not see the movie Carell did last year where he played oh, yeah. like abusive? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh, Foxcatcher? Foxcatcher. Yeah. yeah. Now he's growing into a really good actor. But I think this, this one was, it felt more genuine. Foxcatcher was, he was kind of just trying to mimic a character. Yeah. This one he felt a little bit more genuine. Yeah, it definitely yeah. like more of a human. The Foxcatcher yeah. guy was so like eccentric and nutty that totally, yeah, it was more over the top. This is definitely a more grounded human yeah. role. And he does a great job. And uh, Gosling plays a like just disgusting oh, slime of the earth type oh, character, which is fun. It's and weird seeing him with brown yeah. hair though. It is, yeah. It it's looks jarring. like just like, he's always played such a like a likable, like yeah, yeah, really yeah. like rootable character. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So seem play a piece of shit. So that's really fun. Amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I really, really recommend it. It's like, it, it's a really, really strong sort of version about the economic collapse that needed to happen, but to do it as a comedy that way, I thought was great. That's really it's cool. weird that yeah, we now have two great films about disgusting uh, businessmen and yep. both are absurd comedies, um, which I think is a fun way of doing it. Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> being the other yeah. one. Um, so I think it's, I think it's, it, I, I kind of love that. I love yeah. that they, that the two great ones about that were done is like incredible satires. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so that's it. That's it for me. I'm awesome. Yeah. Cody. What are you playing these days? Well, why don't you talk about like what you just talked about? Okay, so I. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. you. One of the producers for Hitman Agent 47. Did you ask him why? And sucked? what did he have to say for himself? <laughs> <laughs> why do you do bad? <laughs> I didn't put him on blast because he was actually a really nice dude. Okay. However, okay. did talk to him about some stuff coming up. Um, and I guess I'm allowed to talk to it because he talked to a journalist about it. Okay. So, um, first one everyone knows about. Uh, de- well, I hope everyone knows about it. Deus Ex Human the Revolution movie. is get. I think it's Human Revolution. At least Deus Ex Just, is getting yeah. a uh, a movie. Imagine they make it on like the '90s Deus Ex. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, because I I've seen in a past interview that it's going to be based more on um, the Human, on Revolution Human Revolution side. Yeah, Adam Jensen. Um, they're going to have a uh, some kind of big announcement for the movie uh, regarding a s- major studio. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, CG Mac and a major deal in two weeks ish cool within the next two weeks the other one i didn't know this was happening they're making a just cause movie you know why jordan because just cause is an awesome game franchise you want to know why because it'll make money because and if it's awesome. anything like the like the game, it's gonna be a bunch of faffing about. You're gonna see this the guys live right the same town over and over again for two hours. There's the movie. Yeah, the it'll end. Be awesome, just like the game. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, so these are this is from the maker of Hitman uh, Agent Forty Seven. Oh, yeah. So it's a real marker of quality. <laughs> and <efficient> <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Yeah. Thank you. They got the right director for the right game. <laughs> So is this guy's production company based purely in video game adaptations? Uh, when I like IMDb them, yeah, or IMDb, IMDb, you got it, you had it. Yeah. Okay, I always mess it up. Um, yeah. anyway, the all of his his name's only been attached to like video game stuff. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he was one of many producers on. Agent oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is. Interesting. I know Did you ask him my question that I asked you? To yes. Ask him? What do you have to say about that? Uh, oh, I should explain saying, what the question yeah, is. What was that question? My question was, I was because the guy who did this, I believe it was his first film. Um, or at least his first English language film, and I was just curious. Um, that's Do you know Uwe Ball? Well, no, it's just that's how these things tend to go. So I was just curious if like it's hard to get a name or big director involved in a video game adaptation because of the stigma associated. Yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, I stumbled over the question a little bit. Yeah, because uh, I was nervous and it was like the beginning of the. Yeah, idea. no fair. Um, but uh, essentially, what I got from that, they got him because. Uh, uh, Uwe you ever Ball watch was that? Do you ever watch that episode of The Simpsons? Uh, where uh, Principal Skinner goes to, um, what's his name? 
yeah, the superintendent Super Chalmers. Chalmers. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you think I'm a good principal? And he's like, you're the best we could get with the money we had. <laughs> <in the school. laughs> um, Fair. Fair enough. That, yep. was, uh, that was essentially what he said. But he said that um, he, uh, he put together a... Uh, like an Agent 47 reel, and they really liked it. And they're yeah. like, okay, we'll go with him. Yeah. Um, so it was more of a money thing than not yeah. being able to get a talent thing. Right. I think it's kind of the same. Yeah, it goes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but But it is. That's an unfortunate yeah. like, byproduct. Well, of it the is industry. just frustrating. Like, there, no one really has, other than, I guess, the guy who, Christoph Gans, who did um, Silent Hill, he's pretty good. He did in Brotherhood yeah. of the Wolf. And I do like Paul W. S. Anderson, but like that's it. Other than that, everyone that's done video game movies, it's normally like either their yeah. only movie yeah. or like a desperate yeah. Prince play. Prince of Persia. Um, I believe that's Michael Apted. Um, but you should check that for me. Um, and he is like uh, he did like he did a, a James Bond movie. Um, but he's mostly does documentaries. He's the guy that did the Seven Up series, where he goes back. He's like started filming kids when they were seven, and he goes back every seven years, and has been doing it since the seventies. Oh, really? It's a really fascinating series. Yeah. Um, but I believe he's the guy who did it. But I could be wrong. You look like you have it. Who's uh, the director? Got, I, I just got the website up. I haven't. Yeah. Because I, I mean, uh, yeah, Mike Newell. Oh, Mike Newell. Okay, Mike Newell. He's also British. He did uh, the fifth Harry Potter movie and Donnie Brasco. Okay. Oh, yeah, he did Donnie Donny Brasco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really that was a good movie. Yeah, it is a good one. Um, yeah, he's uh, and he did like four weddings four and a funeral. Weddings and a funeral. Yeah. Who did, uh, who he's did? a lot of ups and downs with him. I forgot about him. Well, I guess, yeah, that's the most that talented guy that they've like gotten. Prince, Prince of Persia? Persia? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't bad. It was okay. Yeah, it, it was, it, it mean, just, like, you know what, you know what by it was? the standards of video yeah. game movies. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. But you know what? Not even holding to that standard, my my only problem with it, it, it just it felt like it felt too Disney. It felt like they. Prince of Persia? Yeah. Because it was it was a yeah. Disney movie, right? There, so I, like, I liked it just it, it yeah, just it didn't bother me. It of, it's kind not of like Aladdin-y, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that it didn't feel totally. like it didn't I don't know. feel that like that didn't Prince bother me. There's never been a time when I've been playing Prince of Persia and I've been like, oh, so dark and intense. Well, yeah. did you not play uh, Warrior Within? I guess the, not. The, the yeah. whole shtick well, of that yeah. game is dark and intense. Yeah. Oh yeah. They even got a Godsmack song in there. Had Alfred Molina, and he raced ostriches. So that just made me happy. Good stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Makes for a good movie. Yeah. Right on. Well, well, how about games? Did, Have any of us uh, played games yes, lately? Yes. Uh, I just finished writing my review for mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles X. I love how, that oh, how was it? Uh, it was really fun. Awesome. Was it? Uh, cool. Not No hand-holding. Yeah. Like, oh, no. You, like, they just throw you in there but and not, like, okay, figure no, it out for yourself. Because that's, 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 that's the bad way to say it. It's not that the game doesn't like hold your hand. Mm. It just it does what a lot of like JRPGs do, is that mm. it throws like a million different things at you, mm. and it doesn't properly explain how you ever any played of these Echo work. the Dolphin. Yep. You know when you played that and there's like no guidance on what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's kind of how it felt when you're like trying to go through your like attacks and your No, I never felt that. I felt a lot felt of like the lost. extra stuff. I like it here's the thing. I got stuck for one night um, in this area. If I went too far one way, there was all like level 40 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was too low of a level to take out. There was way too many people in one area. So mm-hmm. I had to grind a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what I ended up doing was I got fed up and I just started going through my options menu to uh, change my class, mm-hmm. which that was never brought up to me yeah, they don't before at that point. Mm-hmm. Explain that change to my class, breeze through it. Which Oh yeah, that, but because that's what I mean. Like they tell you, you can buy new weapons, but then weapons are specific to classes. So like mm. it doesn't tell yeah. you how to change. Even class. before that mission, I went to go buy weapons, and all the like shops were like it's like locked off. Yeah. yeah, like it doesn't tell you how to do stuff that's like integral to the whole like process of uh, of a lot of quests and sort of like building the world. Mm. Um, and that's that's I don't think that's like a problem that like comes from like anything that's like some kind of like fake difficulty mm. uh it's just no, no, it's, it's just, just a problem that a lot because i've played more than my share of rpgs that yeah, do that totally mm. it's it's i mean it would have been nice for a little bit of a refresher course on how the uh, battle system works because yeah. i haven't played a xenoblade game since like oh, yeah. 2011 when it came out mm-hmm. i got the 3ds um, one so i just jumped right in yeah it. i i i didn't get, i had i don't have a new 3ds and i really want oh to. yeah uh but it's not worth it it looks like garbage i love my i, I it, when i got to take it home 
with uh, I did like a video on it, and Brendan let me take it yeah. home. And I love the new 3DS. I oh, the new 3DS is awesome. But for it. Xenoblade Chronicles um, on it looks like oh. garbage. Like I mean, it's so, so bad. What's the what's different about the new 3DS? Um, it's got faster like a yeah faster processor, bigger screen. Oh, that one. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's got the little one, nub yeah. stick on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but the extra that. button. Yep. Yeah, no. Xenoblade Chronicles X though, it it took out it took out all the the garbage from the last Xenoblade game that I didn't like, especially the. Hated the like foreseeing your. No, I like that a lot. I hated that. It's oh man, no, sucked. that was it added so much stress, and you couldn't do anything about it. Most no, of the time. When, when you um, did though, it was so. Satisfying. Oh yeah, no, it was great, but it only it was like once in a blue moon that it worked. But for it me. was cool because um, it, it was good how they tied like what was essentially a story, like a plot point, yeah. into the combat and yeah, into no, like cool. the other like, elements of the was, game. It was cool. I'm just glad it's not in this one. Yeah. Um, and it's so big. It's oh, a man. huge, huge game. Yeah. Like, gorgeous. This is like, a gigantic world that like you, you can feel play for like hours. you're on an alien planet. Yeah, you, you, do. You, you can play for a few hours and like feel like you haven't even made a dent. Hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Especially because so much of the wildlife too is like tame, right? So you just walk up to these giant beasts who just don't care. It's like it's like walking up to like long necks basically, mm-hmm. and just yeah. seeing them and being They're able huge. to like the and like the, the enemies range from like little scrubs to literally Massive like like he said, like behemoths. things the size of skyscrapers. Oh yeah. Um it's I don't like using the word epic because it's so overused, but there's mm-hmm. no other way it, you can no, say it. No, it in does terms feel of scale, epic. It's yeah, it epic. does. Mm-hmm. Um it was it reminded me a lot of uh, the first time I played Wind Waker. Yeah, where just like so just so much on hand, you don't know even know where to start, yeah. mm, and you can right? just do whatever you want. Like, and then you get giant mech suits, and you can fly around yeah, and transform into cars suits. and stuff. It's um, that's it's pretty, awesome. Pretty that nice does sound too. pretty fun. You yeah. know what? If I could, I, I I said it to Cody earlier, and, and this is it really felt like to me because like the first uh, the first Xenoblade, like Xenoblade Chronicles, I played on 3DS. Mm. It felt like a very like traditional RPG in the sense like it had a very structured story. Like it did yes. have a sort of like open world, mm. but it's all like sort of sectioned off, and you feel like you're going to new places as the story progresses. This one just sort of throws you into this massive world, gives you a story, but also gives you a ton of quests, like side stuff you can do. And it really felt to me like what Nintendo would have done if they had been given a proper like Mass Effect. Hmm. It feels like their Mass Effect. Cool. So I mean, like I don't. I feel like they could do this again and not have to put the Xenoblade name on it. Like they could just make another like sci-fi massive adventure game, and it, cool. w- it would work on the Wii. My only problem, um, aside from some other extra stuff, is um, how the how the cross-screen stuffs works. It's really stupid and really reductive, and it like doesn't make any sense. Because like, yeah. if you want to, because there's certain th- elements that are like mapped to the to the touchscreen, but mm-hmm. if you want, like, it gives you the option to switch like to the only play on the touchscreen, so you can like watch TV or whatever. But then you have to like go and change the settings back so you can access the menu because there's no way to like access your maps or anything like that like from the game. Like it's literally only mapped to the touchpad, hmm. so it's really dumb that way. Also, there's no way to turn down the sound. It really bothers the crap out of me because, like, so much of the music in this game is so good, mm. but a lot of it is really, like, cheesy, like, lyrical, kind of, like, J-Rocky stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they play it over cutscenes, and it's so loud mm. that yeah, you can't that was, hear like, the people talk. There's, there was oh, some, was like, weird... <laughs> I think it was a dubbing issue, to be honest with you. I don't know. I think it was a problem with the English dub. It's just a problem that like, there's can, no option to turn can, sound you down. Can notice, you can even notice that, like... Like the mouths don't sync up with what they're saying because it's a Japanese. Mm. Yeah, of game. course. Yeah, but like I, I think it was just a problem with like bringing over like the English voice acting for that. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's a fun game though. I yeah. really recommend it. We, I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad I picked it up. It, this review is really late, and I apologize to anyone listening. Uh, we had a bit of a an issue with the shipping. I went out and bought the oh, yeah. game. So I did I too. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I mean, I, I I'm looking forward to not to playing it without a critic's eye, so I can. Yeah. Yeah. So I can actually like experience a lot of the game because I, I, I had to I had to rush myself. Right. Um. So I'm I'm kind of excited to oh, just yeah. kind of sit back and and take it at your own pace. Yeah. Like it's cool. so much more enjoyable. Yeah, I haven't played anything in a little while. I keep I keep thinking I'm gonna, about getting uh, the Star Wars Battlefront though. I have to admit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, but I just I've just been going back and playing nothing else is really, There's it's nothing that's fun. really leaping out at me. I know, but it just looks so pretty, and I could fly X wings and stuff. It's true. Uh, so I might I might crack. I haven't cracked yet, but it might happen. I've been That's all I'm uh, saying. I've been playing I played uh, Legend of Heroes oh, yeah. Trails of or Trials of Cold Steel on the on the Vita. Right. Eh. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. Super, super not enjoyable. Like I like one thing I liked about it, it's it's very it's very anime mm-hmm. and I like that and until it got annoying. Mm-hmm. Um 
it's traditional turn-based RPG, which I liked because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in a while because so many people, like veterans of the uh, franchise, are steering away from it for very dumb, pointless reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the fact that they like there's a modern RPG that exists that actually like committed to being turn-based, and it does interesting things. Like it has that sort of like semi 3D battleground that you can kind of move around, but like like you have to use a turn to move. Right. But like moving into like different positions doesn't exactly change the battle. It just sort of like changes like what enemies might draw to you and not to your like gotcha. uh, partners and stuff like that. But then the story shows up, and it's just such a friggin' ni- nightmare, man. It's like the worst kind of bad anime. It's like, you know, a bunch of kids, they're students, but they go to this military school, and they're from all different walks of life, and they have to learn to work together, despite the fact that, you know, I don't like you because you're not a nobleman, and this is stupid bullshit like that. Sounds um, pretty horrible. And then it gets really repetitive, and I noticed it because, like, the game starts, I thought it was doing sort of, like, a good, like, story-building thing where it's, like, you know, the, f- the first day of school, whatever, they, you have a little test, and it tells you that, like, if you do well on the test, you'll get, like, bonus attack points and stuff. Then you get a free day. You can, like, run around and do quests for people, but there's, like, only one dungeon mm-hmm. on this, like, the, the school grounds. Mm-hmm. So the game forces you to go to that dungeon repeatedly. Hmm. And then like it sort of like changes up the layout because the story demands it. It's like it's a magic dungeon that can change the layout. So it's like when you, so it's like you have these quests to do during the day, which are basically just run around, talk to this guy, run back, talk to this guy, run around, talk to this guy. Because you hmm. can't use combat in the main area, right? There's also like, yeah, there's like little f- companion missions you can do because of the nine kids. They're all hmm. like squabbling, but you have to learn to work together because that ties into the combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then the next day happens, or it's like a couple days later, you do like a quote-unquote practical exam where you fight one enemy, but you have to like, it's like a mini-boss, and there's a specific battle requirement. Then they do like a field exam where you go to a different part of the world because they're like, need to learn about the world that they'll be defending and mm. stuff like that. And it's the same stuff. You run around, talk to this guy, talk to that guy, go into a dungeon, beat the dungeon. And then I thought, I was like, okay, this could be cool. Then it happens again. It's like mm. the next month, and it's the same formula. You start in the school, you mm. do a quiz, you go to the school grounds, you run around, talk to this guy, go into the dungeon, then you do the practical exam, then you do the field exam. And I was like three, four chapters in, and this was like I was starting to see the pattern. And I was mm. like, okay, no, done. Like yeah, I'm not yeah. doing this repeatedly over mm. and over. It did do that thing that I like when RPGs used to do it, when it would start you off as the characters or like different characters that have all the abilities and they're already like level 99 mm-hmm. and does that like, you know, five months earlier kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I really enjoyed that because it was that like kind of like callback to good stuff like, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like Legends of Ligaia and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that made me kind of happy. But mm. oh, on bro, the whole, it was so dull. And like, yeah, like the characters are just, it's that really bad anime thing where characters don't act like actual people mm-hmm. like one of the first things that happens like from the main characters like when they're thrown into the dungeon like for the first time and it's like a, they think it's a trap mm-hmm. the guy tries to save this girl that he had been talking to earlier that day and of course she lands on him tits in the face mm-hmm. so he's trying to like explain himself you know mm-hmm. and and even the audience he's he's saying it out loud and the audience can see it like he's not trying to crop a feel or thing it's like mm-hmm. literally just a just a mishap mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he gets up and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She slaps him in the face. Oh my God, you pervert kind of thing. And mm-hmm. she doesn't talk to him for like a month. And the game even like shows you that she knows it was an accident, but she's too stubborn to say anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, just go talk to him. People don't act like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, like all the characters are like in their stupid petty squabbles. Like it just, it's not the way real humans would ever interact. Right. And it does that stupid thing that, that Xenoblade does it too, where it's like, you know, the game's so quick to remind you that they're all kids and they're all minors, but we're going to sexualize the hell out of them. Oh, like, yeah, that's something you should know. There's a 13-year-old in Xenoblade. And they got no problem sexualizing and, like, her they at sexualize all. Her. And there's actually a point like in the beginning when they introduce her, and like, how old do you think she is? Yeah. I'm like, I hope Old 18, enough? And, and then like, old like, enough that I don't go to jail? Yeah, and like, mm. I think you have the option to be like, like sort of flirty. Mm. Oh, like, well, I made a girl, That's so. like, well, she's 13, and it's like, <laughs> You're going to mm, space no. jail. <laughs> I want to go space jail. Gross. <laughs> so yeah, tale, uh, Trials of Heroes, uh, not enjoyable. Not good. No, bummer. Not really. It wasn't bad. Like on a technical level, it was okay. Mm. It just it was very mediocre. But you can read my review for that. It'll be up fairly soon. Cool. I think. Cool. All right. We may as well wrap things. Yeah, up. We, we we're, we're going good, to going really into good. the strong into the game talk. Yep. So if you want to check out more of our stuff, you can get any of our articles at cgmagonline.com. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com/slash/comicsgamingmagazine. And you want to check us out at Google Plus. We got google.com slash plus CGMag online. And we're also on the Twitters if you check us out at CGMag online. I'm also on Twitter at NinjaJordan underscore. And you can check out some of my YouTube videos at NinjaJordanReviews. Phil, you got the twits? Yep. Uh, at that Phil Brown. At that Phil Brown. 
And you, Cody? Cody underscore one. Sorry, I didn't mean to get a, such a hard question towards you. That's I cool. know, it's okay. <laughs> you startled me. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. See you next time. Yep, yeah, bye. Bye.